0: happy September! Yay! We are here in 2020. I just feel like we're on the home stretch to Christmas. Does anybody just want it to be Christmas time and just get into the holiday spirit with the lights and the festivities? I feel like we need that right now. I just switched my mantle to full-on fall just because I felt like we needed it, even though it's going to be 100 degrees this weekend. (laughs) I'm so excited to bring you today's episode with Monica Swanson. Monica is amazing, and we have the best conversation because we're both boy moms. She's a boy mom of four, I'm a boy mom of three, and actually, we recorded this episode back in May, and that's when I thought, we're not having any more babies, and hello, I'm pregnant, and if you want to find out what baby number four is for me, tune in to my Instagram at JessicaDolquist3 because I am announcing this week what we are having for baby number four. But for the sake of this conversation, we are talking all about being a boy mom. She is a wife, an author, and she talks about what she wants her kids to know. She's really big on character building. And you guys, her kids are amazing. They are like pro surfers, and so they split their time between homeschooling in Hawaii and surfing, and they're just the most incredible family. And I love her attitude about being a boy mom. So whether you're a boy mom, whether you want the insight of what being a boy mom looks like, and how it might differ from your own. These are incredibly important conversations to have, and I'm so excited to introduce to you Monica Swanson. All right, I am so excited to be chatting with Monica Swanson today. Today,
1: hi, Monica. Well, hello. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Good. I'm in California. You are where?
1: I am on the north shore of Oahu in Hawaii.
0: It's always good to start a conversation by making people jealous, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. What ta- have
1: to be quarantined, I say this is not a bad place to be quarantined. <laughs> Certainly
0: not. But did your beaches shut down and everything like that? Or were your boys able to still surf?
1: Yes, thankfully, they did not close the beaches. They closed them for like sitting, walking for a mm-hmm. while. But as long as they went straight in the water, they were allowed to surf. Okay, Thank we're going
0: to talk a lot about that hobby for your family and everything, but... Yeah, that's been that's been a rough thing, especially for people that live in a really beautiful place. I live in Southern California, so closing our beaches here—it's just like,
1: what do you want us to do? You know, Seriously. we're not in our it, homes. Yeah. yeah, that that part made no sense to me because I'm like, you know, when surfers gotta surf. <laughs> yeah, <So. laughs>
0: and you know that better than anyone. Well, um. I am so excited to be chatting because we are fellow boy moms.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, we
0: are. And you're the host of the Boy Mom Podcast. And, mm-hmm. and to be honest, I have this is new to me. So um, I am so excited to, to dive into your archives and everything. How long have mm. you been podcasting? I'm just coming up on my
1: one-year anniversary. So really, not very long. I'm still learning as I go.
0: That's awesome. But it's so fun. And that's the beauty. It's like an easy entry point to just chat and we don't need, you know, a lot of fancy equipment or anything, especially when it's a podcast centered around families and moms, like nobody expects perfection, but people are desperate for conversation and validation about what they're going
1: through. Absolutely. I have found that and it's been a really fun journey for me.
0: That's so great. Well, congratulations. So Monica, for people that don't know you yet, will you just share a little bit about yourself and your family?
1: You bet. So my husband and I are both originally from the Pacific Northwest, so I'm kind of a Seattle girl at heart, but we moved to Hawaii a really long time ago. We are going on um, 19 years, I think, this June. So uh, 19 years in Hawaii, my husband moved here for his medical residency program, so I thought we'd be, you know, a three year stay and it would be like a big vacation. And by the end of that three years, he's like, why would we ever leave? So we have four sons. The oldest will be 21 this summer, which is so weird. And the youngest just turned 10. So we got four boys and, uh, let's see what else I homeschool my boys. I pretty much have from the beginning. So I have graduated too. Woo-hoo! And, uh, and then started blogging about nine and a half years ago and just fell in love with it right away, loved just growing a community and getting to know people all over the world that you can't quite do that from an island very easily. So. Uh, last summer, my first published book, Boy Mom, came out, and that's the same summer I started podcasting, so a whole lot going on. That is really. so
0: exciting. Wow, that is that is just so awesome. And to see that, I think a lot of people listening, and for myself included, when my oldest is 10, I still have a four-year-old, so we're just on the verge of kind of getting a few yeah. hours back and more independence in my children. You feel like, you're going to be in these trenches forever and your time is so limited and it's like am I ever going to be able to do things for me again and so it's really cool to see how yes you are still invested in homeschooling your kids and you know so much of you have it you know your youngest is still 10 so it still needs you very much but you've been able to explore these other avenues and interests and passions and that's really cool to see
1: Yeah, it's been really neat for me and it it is a juggling act. I mean, certainly balance is that thing that we're all looking for and it's not easy, but I have found that as my boys have gotten older and I've been able to do a little more of my own passion stuff, it really does kind of spill over and I think make me a better mom. So I encourage women to keep, keep trying to do things for yourself that you love and that fuel you up because it just keeps life interesting and then you have more to give to those in your life.
0: I could not agree more and it doesn't have to be big things or very time consuming things or expensive things or, you know, even very sacrificial things. It can be very small things like prioritizing alone time at all, doing whatever you want to do and and not feeling bad about taking those breaks everyone I wanted to jump in real quick and thank one of our show sponsors and that is Crayola School Mask Pack. Wearing a mask is something we should all be on board with right now but it seems like every mask you try has its own setbacks. I've tried so many different ones and I'm sure you have too. Either The material is cheap, it doesn't fit right, it gets dirty, and then that's just my own issues. My kids have tons of issues too. That is why I am so excited to tell you about Crayola School Mask Pack. They have solved all the problems that other masks seem to have, especially the issue with the right size ear loops for my kids because they come with a bead that makes it so it's customizable in size. They're cool, bright colors. My kids choose a different one every day, and they have a great bag to keep them nice and clean, and I can wash them really easily. Each school mask pack comes with five comfortable cloth masks, so your child has a fresh one every day, and they're built with a 3D design, form-fitting nose wire, and adjustable ear straps, like I said, so it really feels like it fits properly. My kids have been wearing these to soccer, and they have no complaints, like they have with the other ones. They're also machine washable and come with that handy mesh laundry bag so we can stay organized and stay clean. It's no wonder the parenting magazine called School Mask Pack this year's must-have back-to-school item. Never thought this would be on our back-to-school list, did ya? (laughs) And as an added bonus, Crayola School Mask Pack will donate a portion of your purchase to a charity of your choice that supports kids who have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. So if you are looking for the perfect mask option for yourself or for your kids they fit me too i would highly recommend this option do what i did and get your family the crayola school mask pack today at schoolmaskpack.com eep that's schoolmaskpack.com eep and everything is linked at extraordinarymomspodcast.com take a picture and tag me i'd love to see your cute kids or yourself in your very stylish and comfortable mask.
1: You know, part of my story, and what you'll find in Boy Mom, and all the things I talk about, is I, I really had a passion for raising um, great kids from the beginning. I, I've always used the term, you know, intentional parenting. I think when my first three, because my first three were each born just two years apart, so I had at one point three under five, and um, I think I really had a heart to be very intentional and and on my game as far as discipline and training them and character is something I talk a lot about. And so though that was all in place, I didn't have any idea I would be writing or speaking or teaching about it later. So I think that my commitment has remained. However, if I'm honest now, I mean, it was six years after number three that I had my fourth son. And so now life is so much busier and I've got all my stuff and they're doing, you know, They're doing big things and all of a sudden I noticed that it's a lot harder to be intentional with that little guy. Mm -hmm. So though I'm more passionate than ever, there's some areas I look at and I have to be honest and say, man, (laughs) I haven't done as well with all the things I was so committed to. Though there's always pros and cons, right? He's got these great older brothers to look up to. He's learning from. But yeah, it, it has certainly changed. And I'm older. I'm I'm tireder. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's different for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder, I mean, not to throw your 10-year-old under the bus, but I think so much of our parenting does come from modeling and from like mm-hmm. the culture we create in our home. And yes. they pick up on a lot of that unintentionally, um, and subconsciously. And so do you see a a huge difference in kind of the type of young man he's becoming versus the older ones?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say the biggest factor there would be technology Mm -hmm. because the first three were raised their youngest years were before all the technology that is today, you know, there were not smartphones. I think I had a, you know, a a cell phone, but it was the very old school kind and we didn't have games. We didn't have social media. None of that existed until they were teenagers. And so I look at those first three sons childhood as being very much, you know, just innocence, a lot of nature, a lot of trips to the library, things that now we're like, well, just get get it on your phone, get it on the computer. And when we had a question, we'd have to look it up, whereas now it's like, ask Siri, ask Alexa. (laughs) So this fourth son has had a very different childhood, and though we do our best to set boundaries and be very intentional with technology, it's there. We're all on it. And so that's a battle I didn't have to face with the first three.
0: We are in the trenches of that battle. And even my 10-year-old, who, you know, rightfully so, has more um, exposure and opportunities for that technology, I find that I'm policing my four-year-old less just because it's hard to keep up when he sees the older two on their devices. And he is on devices and and doing things on devices way sooner than I ever would have dreamed of introducing to my four-year-old. And I I feel bad about that, but then I also, I don't know what to do. I I just straight up don't know what to do.
1: I don't. Right. Right. Well, we're, we're definitely facing a completely different challenge than anyone who's gone before us I say in my book you know you can't call your mom and say what did you do about this this is new and we are learning as we go and I never say that's an excuse to stick your head in the sand and let them um, you know have all the freedom in the world but I do think we need to give ourselves grace as we're learning we need to talk to other moms and yes set those boundaries kind of figure out what works for you and then stick with it and don't, don't compare yourself too much to other people. Oh, so. that, yeah,
0: exactly. And I mean, really like our family on the, at least on the outside, well on the inside of the outside, it seems to be functioning well. And like my four year old is, you know, still happy and creative and imaginative and still plays outside and everything like that. And he's on a device. So right, I don't know. Right. It, it seems to be okay, but I know we're towing a very fine line Yes, that I just always want to monitor. And can you tell right. this is like on the forefront okay. of our issues during quarantine? But anyhow, yeah, it, it is super tricky. And I think especially as things evolve with technology, you know, our parenting has to evolve and we have to be adaptable. And we've had times where it's like, hey, guys, we allowed this privilege or this video game. How's it working for us? We see a lot of ways it's not working for us anymore. So we're going to need to pull back on this. And it's not that you did something wrong by giving it in the first place. It could just be that you have the courage to to readjust once you gather more data because you didn't know how it was going
1: to unfold. Have you experienced that? hundred percent. And I've really encouraged moms because I think some people feel like, well, once we've opened the door... We can't go back now, like too late. And I say, you know what? I I always use the analogy of like a restaurant that is under new management. They sign a they hang a sign on the door that says under new management. And I just say, just let your kids know we know more now than we knew <laughs> before. We're responsible for how you grow up. We are gonna be under new management. We're putting a sign over the door that says under new management. We're gonna do a few things different and it's gonna be painful at first because change is hard, but we've realized that we are Needing to make some changes for your good because yes. we love you. Because we want the best for you. This is what we're going to do. So Okay,
0: so then what happens when your kids hold it against you and they start <laughs> pushing back because they don't like the new management?
1: <laughs> right. You know what? we got to expect that. That is yeah. part of parenting. And if you're too weak to take it, then you know what? You need to step up because that's part of parenting. And I think it's funny because my 16-year-old, we did a Q&A episode a, a few weeks back, And he responded to a mom who was really struggling with video games and how her son wanted them and she didn't want to be the mean parent. And I was kind of encouraged because my 16 year old actually spoke to the mom and it wasn't coming from me, it was coming from him. And he was the one saying, listen, when I see my friends who have parents who don't say no, or maybe they say no, but then they change their mind later. He's like, I see it ruining their relationship because the kids lose respect for mom and dad. And I was like, dude, I love hearing this from you, not from me. He's like, you need to say no because you know what's best for your kid. And in time, they will respect you. And it's actually better for your relationship. And I was like, okay, preach it, son. So that encouraged me a whole bunch.
0: Yeah. And what I found too is I can't just say, get off video games. We're so tired of it. It's making you crazy, blah, blah, blah. But it's like if you can replace it with something else that they enjoy yeah. doing or yeah. time together, because usually it's just – they want you, right? And yes. so if they, if they view you as the tyrant that's telling them what to do and what not to do, but if they know, well, I can't do this anymore and I'm bummed about it, but I get this, I get mom, we can read yeah. together. My 10-year-old and I are super invested in this chapter book right now, and we're so excited about what happens next. And we genuinely look forward to that right now together. And, you know, he's willing to get off video games for that activity. It's mm-hmm. not like he's getting off video games to do chores, you know, so yeah. I think we kind of have to see, like, how we're kind of organizing their day or helping them to organize their day. Because they're not going to want to give up something if they're just left with a hole in its yes. place.
1: Oh, that is such a good point. I'm really glad you said that. because, And I still think the transition, like, my 10-year-old and I are also in a great book right now. But initially getting him off of a game is still going to be challenging because there's something just absolutely magnetic about those games. But once he pulls out of it, yes, to have something to replace it with. I love that idea and I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. And if you can find, I mean, there's things about in, engaging with my kids and playing with my kids that I genuinely don't enjoy. Like it just, I don't like playing Legos. I just, I'm, yes. ne- I'm just never going to. I don't think we have to mm-hmm. pretend to that. I mean, sometimes if that's what they really want to do, it means a lot to them to pour into that mm-hmm. love language. And be there for them and make that sacrifice. But mm-hmm. if you can say, Hey, let's do something, or do you want to do this or this? And it's two things that you like too, would you rather yeah. bike or would you rather walk? Would you rather, yeah. you know, read this book or that <laughs> book? Would you rather, you know, cook with me or you know, right. do dishes? I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. then then it's a win win for you. So yes. what can you bring them in that you genuinely enjoy so you won't mind sacrificing quote unquote that time totally with them yeah Uh,
1: yes i i love that great great ideas there and Mm -hmm. i did want to say about technology one more thing is just to remember that it can be used in so many positive ways and so if we you know we can cut back on things like games or mindless activities just the scrolling especially for the older kids on social media but to recognize all the positive ways it can be used and my son's going through a stage where he's really into rocks and gemstones and so help him find some websites where he can explore and learn, but then hand him a journal or some paper and a pen and say, I want you to write a page of notes about what you're learning. And then they're basically doing school without knowing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same, he's into the solar system. So we're studying the stars and then he's making a journal about that. So I think as long as we know that we can use it for good, we don't have to just say, okay, you're on your own on that device. We can say you're only on it if you are doing A, B, and C and give them those options that will kind of, be a creative way to make them learn too so.
0: yeah did he watch the spacex
1: launch on saturday he did he was actually they were camped out to watch it, it was oh. the day before whenever the last time was and it didn't go yes and yes. then they were on their way to surf when it actually did go but they were all in the car on the phone watching it and <laughs> freaking out yeah so excited
0: how majestic i mean it was just yeah. incredible Wow yeah Okay, so I'm a boy mom, three three boys. You're a boy mom, four boys. How often do you get asked the question, or did you get asked the question, are you going for the girl? And what did you kind of like think oh, about that? I want your response to never having a daughter. Yeah,
1: you know, I've, I'm actually asked a lot by people who, you know, read or, or listen to my podcast um, because I know that's one that can really rub us wrong sometimes. I don't think I had – I think I just loved being a boy mom from the beginning. Okay. So though I I, I had a little disappointment. I was the girl after two older brothers. So I think I always assumed I would eventually get my daughter. Um, But I think what I tried to learn to do was just give a positive spin because there's something in you that wants to be defensive when you hear that, right? And you're just like, it kind of, again, rubs you wrong. So I would just try to switch it and just be like, oh, I love my boy life or you know, no, I just, I didn't want to go there. And I knew that I had a tendency to get defensive. So I would just try to give it a positive spin and change the subject quickly. Absolutely. (laughs) That's a tough one.
0: But so then that's the answer you give to other people. But is there anything in you that does feel like you're losing out
1: on something without having experienced a daughter? Sure. Yeah. I think in an honest moment, I would say I I could get a little bit sad. Mm -hmm. It's mostly on times like my guys all tend to gather and want to watch movies and they're always the same like (laughs) Star Wars superhero movies and I know some women love those but I don't so I'm like do you guys even know what it's like (laughs) like you have no idea what it's like to be the one person I'm like I'll just go in my room and paint my nails you know so I get kind of bummed occasionally but I now that my oldest is you know going to be 21 I'm like there could be granddaughters coming this way within the next few years. So I'm just kind of hoping that I get some granddaughters in my life.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the only time I think about missing out with having a daughter is kind of those milestones where it's like the the mother of the daughter kind of gets first dibs on a few things, you know, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, the, the specialness of the wedding day and picking out the wedding dress and um, being mm-hmm. there first for the baby. Or, you know, I mean, I hope more than anything though, I can be the type of mother-in-law that my daughter-in-law really loves and trusts and and values and wants to be around. And so I think that has so much to do with the relationship you have and it has nothing to do with, you know, just biology.
1: Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I'm excited for those days.
0: I am too. I am too. Another thing I think a lot about is when people, um, you know, talk about, you know, educating their daughters with, with body image and, you know, comparison and things like that. And it seems like there's, there's, like, buckets and categories of, like, girl issues and boy issues and things. And kind of the boy issues, like, don't get brought up that much. It's more like, what are we teaching our daughters? But I think yes. there is such power, and I know you do too, in intentionally raising young men with strong values mm-hmm strong character and I want to raise the very boys and young men that the mothers of daughters want their daughters to marry yeah right yeah that is a huge
1: responsibility that needs to be taken more seriously (laughs) yes I I couldn't agree more and I do think the whole girl power movement as important as it is in so many ways it in some ways it sends a message to our boys that you know the focus is on girls and girls are the strong ones and so I've just really encouraged people to not not forget to tell boys that they're to be strong too and to be a strong boy is not toxic it's actually beautiful things and it's there those are the boys that will protect the girls and that will build up the girls and encourage them and and not you know, compete with them, but they can work together. So I think there's a beautiful picture there. I think that's how God designed it, but I think we can screw things up pretty quickly. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I've been having some wonderful conversations with my 10-year-old lately about his feelings, and especially during this weird time where nothing is normal and nothing feels stable, mm-hmm. and he especially is feeling mm-hmm. sensitive about that. And Mm -hmm. so I've been talking to him about that, but then I see him also struggling with how to present that out in the world beyond just our four walls because he Mm -hmm. knows he'd probably get made fun of if he, you Mm -hmm. know, expressed his insecurities. And I always say like, well, Mm -hmm. if somebody says that, then you just say, well, I don't like that. Like that hurts my feelings when you say that. He's like, mom, I could never say that. Like people think I'm so (laughs) lame, right? And so how do you kind of blend and teach teach confidence in just owning who mm-hmm. you are, owning your emotions, mm-hmm. owning your opinions, and just being able to show up
1: 100% authentically. Right. Well, I think that there's so many factors. And of course, all of our kids have different personalities. And so some of it is just going to be how they're wired and, and they're going to have to figure that out as they grow up. But I do think practicing in the home is really important. And if kids can, um, within their sibling relationships, give each other respect and encouragement and if we can practice, you know, just modeling that to our kids, accepting them when they, you know, instead of always correcting them, if they cry and saying, oh, don't don't cry, but talking to them about what, what they're feeling and why they're feeling it and just affirming all of the different emotions, I think that's going to give them more confidence. But yeah, a lot of it, unfortunately, you go into those tween and teen years and the big question is, who am I and mm-hmm. and how do I fit into this world? And identity is something I talk a lot about because I just think it's so important for kids to grow up with a secure identity. And it's a tough one in the world today. So that's a big topic.
0: Yeah, it it definitely, it definitely is. And I know that I'm not always going to say and do the right thing. But again, it comes back to that adaptability and letting your kids know you're learning as you go. You know, I've only been a yes. parent for 10 years. You know, it's going to mm-hmm. take a lot more years for me to be even close to an expert on parenthood. And with each new child, it's right. almost and- like you're starting over.
1: Right. Right. And and none of us will ever be experts. We're just doing the best we can to support our kids in the season they're in. And, and I think it helps them to know too, that that's okay. That parents are just people that we're not, they, they need to see us as humble humans walking through this and just doing our best.
0: Yeah. So do you think parenting as a boy mom is different than parenting with, you know, a mixed gender child family?
1: <laughs> yeah, I have to assume it is. Uh, there's, just certain things that happen in an all-boy family that probably are very unique. Things that I may not even notice because it's all I know at this point. But uh, but I think the same principles apply even in my book. People I've had girl moms write me and say, "Why did you have to call it boy mom?" You know, 95% of this book applies to boys and girls, and I do think parenting wisdom is is timeless. I think there's so many principles that apply across the board. But yeah, boys are unique. They have some unique needs and unique um, quirks and and sounds and smells and all things <laughs> that make a boy a boy. But I, th- I just think that you got to just roll with it and have fun with it and celebrate it and enjoy it. If that's what God gives you, then you do your best to just embrace it.
0: Yeah. So your boys are surfers, right? And, and they have that in common and whatnot. So how would you say you went about or were you intentional about building those friendships between your boys and how did they end up to be so close?
1: Definitely time spent together is, I think, a key to that. And because we homeschool, that just kind of happened naturally. I mean, sometimes time spent together also means kids fight. And mm-hmm. my boys have fought plenty. We're not without that element to the relationship. But spending a lot of time together, the fact that they all surf. I mean, at different times, they've done different sports. Some of my sons have played on, you know, soccer teams or done different activities. But they the one thing they always do is go to the beach together, surf together, dive together. They go spear fishing, So they do their water sports together a lot. And I think that time invested. In, and that's why I really encourage when parents reach out to me and say, oh, I want my kids to be best friends like yours one day. And I say, you know what, then you got to give them time together. And this quarantine is proving to either, you know, make or break that theory. But I do think even the kids that are fighting their way through the quarantine are building memories. They're bonding in some way, and later they're going to look back on it and probably laugh. But certainly spending a lot of time together, I've said, you know, when you have the weekend or after school and kids are constantly going on playdates, constantly going off with their friends, you go on a vacation, all the kids bring a friend. I'm like, no, 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 you got to do some things that are just the family. Because if they don't have the option of playing with a friend, whether they're boys, girls, a little of each – make them play together, and they're going to build a friendship over time. It may take time, but I do believe that is a key to building that friendship.
0: Well, and I love how you pointed out, even when they are fighting or disagreeing or things, like that's still an opportunity. And it can be really productive when they're provided those things. And just because a day goes smoothly or does not, does not deem whether it's a great day or a bad day. Because it's all all part of it. And yeah, we can certainly... Um, view it. It's it's really how you, how you view it. Um, yeah. Okay. Your boys are just darling. They are just (laughs) like, so good looking, like, holy moly, (laughs) these Islander boys, they're so, so cute. Thank you. What do you think is the most important attributes that you want to instill in your boys and, and see grow in, in your boys and in boys in general, what do you think are those key ones?
1: Yeah, my um, because my book had 12 chapters, you know, the subtitle was What Your Son Needs Most From You. But then I would have people say, okay, name the three things. What are the three most important? I'm like, there's 12 chapters because I've, uh, there's just too many things. But yeah. for us, um, my husband and I are Christians, and so faith is really the um, foundation in everything we do. So I just believe that raising boys who know and love God is going to really cover a lot. Because if they're following God, if they're turning to the Bible as their... Um, source of wisdom, then they're probably going to do okay in life, honestly. I mean, that's how I see it. But on top of that, I'm going to say we already mentioned identity is huge. A kid who knows who he is, and that's not what the world tells him. That's not what friends or social media or anything else tells him, but it's who God says he is, and if he has a secure identity, it's going to do a lot better in life. And then the thing that I'm working on right now and talk about all the time is just character and I think having character that is rooted in you know godly principles, and that is, um, you know, the the world isn't too focused on raising character-rich kids right now. The world is all about me first, and and image, and greed, and satisfying yourself. And so, um, character is one of the things I love to talk about. It's probably what I've heard back from people after reading my book the very most. Um, and this summer, I'm I'm working hard. I'm going to have a course to um, coming out for parents who want to raise, raise teens and tweens of character, because it's something I just hear from so many people who have read my book, and they're like, we want a little more, hmm. and so it's it's really a course that just walks you through four weeks of um, what it takes to build a character-rich kid, and that's for boys or girls, and so that's really my heart, is to get kids grounded in what that looks like, and, and all the, because sometimes parents are excited about character, but what, what motivation does a kid have for having great character? But when you start to point out to kids all of the rewards for having a character-rich life in the workplace, in relationships, pretty much every area of life is better if you have good character. So I think that's something that may not come natural to kids these days, but that we as parents have an amazing opportunity to focus on that, teach it, train it, and help kids embrace strong character.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, my youngest is taking swimming lessons right now from a college-age uh, girl that's home. And she's been great, but she was gone a few days, so her brother filled in. And he's in college. And he's the most darling, outgoing, connective with my little four-year-old. It is so cute. And he doesn't even know what he's doing. Like, he's never, like, taught swimming lessons before. But he's just, like, figuring it out. But it's all about that connection and playing games and engaging. And I'm, and I'm just looking at him, and I'm like this is it. Like, Mm -hmm. like I don't know what else he's going to do with his life, but like his personality and his, and his willingness to see a four-year-old and like appreciate in the moment a four-year-old and connect
1: with them and have fun with them. That's it. And that speaks volumes of what he'll be able to achieve in his life. Oh my goodness. And, and you're probably like me. And I say in this course that the whole thing was birthed out of me before I ever had kids uh, my husband and I, I was teaching some school and we were doing youth ministry. But I remember seeing those young adults, older teens, and I'd look at them and be like, I want to meet your mom. Yes, like, yes. Come on, you got to tell me. What did your mom and dad do because you are outstanding? Like, I remember seeing those kids and being like, when I have kids one day, that's what I want. And then literally going on to meet their parents. And then that's when that was really birthed in me. I'm going to do what it takes to raise kids who... Other people look at one day and go, Wow, I want to meet your mom. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so what so what did you
0: find? Like what are these parents doing and what are you doing to make your kids outstanding?
1: Exactly. And that's that is exactly what really (laughs) is the motivation (laughs) behind my course. Because I'm like, and and again, and I never want to come across proud because at any moment any of our kids can do things and go a different direction. But at this point, I do have people call me, find me, and say i got to talk to you. I met your son. I saw him here. I've had people in California be like, I sat by your son in church, and I was like, okay, I need to meet this kid's mom. I'm like, oh, that was my dream. <laughs> so yeah. it feels really good to have them now into their adult years and have that happening, and I'm like, nothing could be more beautiful.
0: So what are you doing?
1: <laughs> you t- just give me a little taste of what you're you doing, because I'll check out to, the course. I totally you will. You but... to my course. <laughs> yes. No, I- again a lot of it is is the day to day stuff it's really the daily stuff it's the conversations in the home it's the um it's the intentional focus and also it's a lot of modeling moms and dads you know you what you're doing is speaking so much more than what you're telling your kids to do and so for me it's the areas i'm convicted it's me putting my own device my own phone away and connecting like you said in an authentic way it's um it's me if i tell my kids not to talk bad about others Am I talking bad about others? It, it's me serving and helping and making a difference in the world if that's what I want my kids to do. And um, and also being careful about the influences in my kids' lives. As much as I want them to have lots of friends, those that are close to them, there's no doubt that we become like the company we keep. and And that, you know, we are shaped and influenced by the things we spend our time with. And that's whether it's games and social media or true friendships. I'm pretty careful about the things that I allow my boys to invest a lot of time in and really exposing them to great role models and good people and good books and good stories that will help them catch a vision for how great it is to be a godly young man. And then as they catch that vision, then they've developed their own, you know their own passion and interest in growing up to be that way and spending time with God and reading the Bible and so now it's their own thing it's not even me anymore it's just they've they've taken it and ran with it and I'm so grateful. Well, I love that and I don't
0: think you're being prideful at all because really we can do the best job as a parent that we possibly can and be as intentional as as ever and our kids are still mm-hmm. going to choose. They're still mm-hmm. they still have that agency yeah. and it is not yes. a reflection on us as much as it might feel that way. It's, right. it's certainly not. And so for right. all the moms listening that feel like they are doing their best, that they know how, and their child's yes. not complying with, you know, the textbook response, it's not no. you. Like it's still them. And our job is to continue, continue yes. all the things you just mentioned and continue loving them because when they come back around, you need to be safe. Yes.
1: You need to be safe for them. Right. Yes, and I was just going to say, sometimes you don't realize how much they're taking in, and if they decide to go their own way for a while, there will be a day that they come back and they're like, Mom, thanks, you know, yes. I never forgot that thing you said, I never forgot what you did, I know what you were like, so yes, sometimes it's a long game approach, and we need to be really patient, but I think that intentional effort absolutely pays off, and um, so yeah, yeah, that's I, I the short answer.
0: Yeah, I do too, <laughs> I do too. I do too. I love that so much. You have so many great things coming up. This course sounds so, so fascinating. And I think we all want to be mothers that others come to with, you know, what are you doing about this? Have you faced this in your family? And I love especially talking to women a season ahead of me, like you are, because there's just so much wisdom in having walked through that. And I think as a young mom, thinking ahead to teens, teens can get a bad rap. And it does not have to be that way. I'm done lumping all teenagers as surly disrespectful slothful kids that is ridiculous but if you project that that is more likely who they will become that's just the way it is
1: absolutely amen you gotta you gotta speak life you gotta have hope and then you gotta Set that that standard of expectation that this is how it will be. We're gonna have a great relationship. We're gonna we're gonna be mutually respectful. We're gonna enjoy each other, and then the kids live that out just like you said. Either direction you go, they're gonna probably um, fulfill whatever you expect.
0: Yes, one hundred percent. So if you want a positive relationship with your teens, start that now. Start fostering that now. And already, I'm on the cusp of these teenage years, and it's like, these conversations I'm having, I, I enjoy the little kids so much, and I never dreamed I could enjoy, you know, this next season as much because I just have enjoyed the littles so much, but I can yep. see this this thing on the horizon that's like, oh, like this feels really different in these ah. conversations, and, you know, the amount of physical energy that goes into it is different, <laughs> but the mental and emotional energy just kind of shifts, right? It kind of takes that, that place. So, yeah, I love that. What is... If you could just kind of identify one or two things that you really want
1: your boys to know,
0: what do you mm. want them to know from you?
1: Well, I guess that we, you know, I'll I'll circle back to identity and just saying I want them to know they're loved, that they're fully loved, and that there is a great plan for their life, and that no matter what, because the world's going to throw a lot at them, and you know, they go away to college or get a job, and and things are going to happen that make them realize that you know it's a big world out there and they might feel like pretty small sometimes and so just to really have that security of knowing they're absolutely loved and that there's always hope for something new if they fail at something that they can pick themselves up and keep going and again that's part of character development is being able to face adversity and become stronger through it so I think just knowing that they're loved and um And yeah, knowing ultimately that there's a big God who loves them and has a plan for their life. And because, you know, you can't help but think worst case scenarios. And sometimes I say my real motivation for having kids read books and stories about men and women of history who went through horrible circumstances is because I think, you know, if, heaven forbid, worst case happened and they lost their father and I or they lost a limb, if, if they're facing cancer, I want them to know that there's people out there who have walked through these things and come out stronger. I want them to have all these stories in their heads so that if ever they face tragedy, they would have the strength to go on. And so, yeah, if something ever happened, I want them to know there's a God that never changes. The world's going to change. Everything's going to change. I'm not always going to be here, but there's a God that loves them. So that's that's my biggest hope for my kids.
0: Yeah, literature can, can really transport you. And And I also love using literature if there's an issue my kids are facing To Mm -hmm. be able to address that issue through other characters makes it a little less pointed and blamey on them or whatever, but they're picking it up, right? And so if you're dealing with, you know, dishonesty or, you know, Mm -hmm. a a challenge in life or whatever it is, finding some literature or a character or a show or whatever that kind of parallels that to bring up conversations to talk about them, not about your child, that can be a great tool.
1: Oh, 100%. That's yeah. my favorite thing. Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more. Are
0: there any books that stand out to you that you particularly love in this way? Oh, are we talking a certain age? You, you can, whatever you want. Because I think even adults mm-hmm. can read these books and kind of take the stories and adapt it to, you know, what they tell their children if they're younger. So, yeah, whatever.
1: Right, right. Well, when I'm asked like for the more elementary to early tweens, um, there's actually the audio drama that has been around for a long time, but it's called Adventures in Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And it's something we would listen to in the car. Um, it's just stories about, you know, in a fictional town, but the characters, there's always a character lesson in there. And I've just loved that. Beyond that, we've read a lot of biographies. We read a lot of missionary stories. And again, I think my motivation for that is they're usually facing things more extreme than my kids will probably ever face, but they get through them. And so um, so we love missionary stories. Then as kids get older, I love to point them to real people. I think Tim Tebow has some great books that because my boys are homeschooled and he was homeschooled, but, you know, that's a lot about identity and things like that. So I like to point them. They follow great athletes and people on social media who inspire them. So a lot of it is just about role models, but yeah, we, we, uh, in Boy Mom, I have a list of books to inspire boys because we've really referred to those a lot. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really
0: helpful. I'll have to, I'll have to look at that. That's, that's great. Yeah, Yeah, I think that is, that's really powerful. Um, with my eight-year-old and 10-year-old, we've been reading the series, The Who Was blank books and it's just a really basic biography form and you learn so much about the backstory because so many times we see Mm -hmm. the accomplishments of people that we esteem but we don't necessarily know Mm -hmm. all of their character traits and sometimes they're not good people you know and so we can kind (laughs) of you know help them to weigh out yes they achieved this But look how they treated people along the way. Or, mm -hmm. wow, look how they continued to give back and be kind and serve the whole way. And then this was the outcome for them, right? And so sometimes you're surprised by the backstory of some of these people. And it's kind of the what not to do as well as the what to do.
1: Yes, totally. And, yep, that's such an important thing. And to have those conversations too, not just read the story, but then talk through it as you go and and yeah, there's so many good books out there. Every time I talk to somebody, it's funny because there's books out there I've never even heard of. Yes, and I'm like, I I feel like we've covered so many, and then you find out more. But yes. I I love old books. I'm a big fan of the older stories just because I think there's so much you know quality stuff in the mm-hmm. in the history stuff. But um, but yeah, books are great.
0: That's wonderful. All right, Monica, well, this has been such a needed conversation for me. I'm feeling so happy to be a boy mom. And even if you're listening and you're not a boy mom, I hope you can get a little insight into our lives, but also see it's also not that different. So, no, we're okay not having a girl. (laughs) But where can people
1: find you online in all your places, Monica? right my home base is my website which is just monicaswanson.com and there'll be links in there to the boy mom podcast which you can find anywhere as well as on my social media instagram is probably my favorite place to hang out and i'm at monicaswanson underscore so yes say hi let me know where you found me and i'd love to be friends yes yes definitely well i always ask my guests
0: one final question and it's this Mm -hmm. what would you tell your pre-motherhood
1: self What would I tell my pre-motherhood self? I would tell her, yeah, I think I'd say the best is yet to come. That being a mom is the greatest thing in the world. And I feel like it was what I was made for and to rest up because it's a wild ride. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Great. All right, Monica. Well, thanks for taking the time this morning and good luck with all of your things. And we'll definitely check out that course when it becomes available. When, When do you foresee that happening? It should be before the end of June. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> so, depending upon when this airs, it may already be out. We'll let you know already, um, in the outro. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Yeah. the The summer the summer will be um, a smaller group, a beta course. But after I get some feedback and make adjustments, by the end of summer there will be a, a grand opening. So stay tuned, and if you're on my website, you'll be able to see everything there. So thank very you. cool.
0: Thank you. Have a great day. Aloha. Aloha. Hey guys, let's all go to Hawaii and hang out with Monica and her boys and watch them surf. Does that sound like a fun little field trip for extraordinary moms? Let's do it. (laughs) Things are much different in uh, Hawaii right now than even when we spoke last time. And gosh, what a tricky time to be living anywhere, but to be robbed of being able to sit on those beautiful beaches. Oh, that's a hard pill to swallow, but they can still be in the water right this second. So that is at least a good thing. Anyhow, how much do you love Monica? And how much did you love our conversation about building children of character? Like she said, society is not focused on character building right now. So we need to step up and do that in our homes. So as you are educating your kids on the fundamentals and the state standards and everything, think about how you can incorporate also character building activities and conversations and opportunities with your kids as well this year. That will go so far for them. Okay. So, you know, at the very end, I said, we're not going for the girl. And (laughs) I did announce on my Instagram this week, what we're having for baby number four. So go head over to extraordinarymomspodcast.com if you want to find anything that we talked about with Monica today. If you want to find out what baby number four's gender is, or you want to follow me on Instagram, you can do that at at jessicadolquist3. And I would love to see you over there. Uh, You guys, I just love you so much. I'm so glad to be back bringing you these episodes. It was a good break in August, but I'm grateful to be back having these incredible conversations. So Have a great week and we will see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.